Are you looking to pursue excellence and take your success to the next level? You're in the right place. Welcome to Excellence Mindset with your host, Ryan James Miller. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Excellence Mindset Podcast. Uh, today, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited because I think this is going to be the, the first uh, episode in which I'm going to throw a whole bunch of mud at the wall and we're going to see what sticks as we have conversation. Um, I, I'm excited because we're going to talk probably over the course of the next 35 or 40 minutes, uh, CrossFit, sports, school, politics, mindset, and I don't know, there's just going to be something else crazy that's going to come out of this conversation. And, <laughs> and I can't wait to find out what that is. So sitting across from me and, and all ready to go is uh, somebody that has become a good friend of mine, somebody that I respect a whole lot, Cody Fairfield. He is a student at Concordia studying physical therapy. He's a CrossFit coach, actually a coach of mine uh, at our local CrossFit gym, Resolution, Resolution CrossFit. And he is a big thinker. Uh, he's got a lot to say, uh, a lot of really good stuff to say, um, really in the political landscape of things. And, and I think that just helps to characterize uh, who he is and how he thinks. And so it really intrigued me. Uh, and it was just something that uh, I wanted to dig into with him. So welcome, Cody. Thanks, Ryan, for having me. I appreciate you having me out. You are so welcome. Very excited for this. So we've talked about this for a little while. Uh, at least the idea of jumping on a podcast together. And um, finally, there was one question that just, I don't know, it, it was a good straw that broke the camel's back. So we were, uh, I was on Instagram one night and here you go posting something about obesity and really why people have it wrong. And, <laughs> and so um, you will do a better job of kind of reciting what that was. And then we're going to dig into that because I think that's a great place to launch into. And people already may be thinking to themselves, like, what the heck does all this have to do with mindset and excellence? And I think that, I mean, we talked offline before, uh, there is just so much about even this topic that really is telling of the problems that we have in society today, the issues that are uh, holding people back from uh, just excellence Absolutely. or success. And so uh, why don't you do the best that you can to uh, to kind of bring us back to what that question was? Sure. So um, uh, sitting in class all day and, and going through research articles and all this other nonsense, some things stick out to me more than others. Um, and one thing I was reading uh, was a study that was conducted from 1990 to 2010, and it was done by the, uh, the Global Burden of Disease, um, which is a global network that, that studies different trends going on in the world uh, related to disease. And something that they, they kind of uh, explained was that in this time period, we saw the disappearance of famine uh, and high mortality rates in famine uh, and the increase and surpassing of those mortality rates for obesity. Um, and basically when I saw this question, a couple things popped in my head, but you know, sitting, doing things in my head doesn't ever do me any good. So I figured I'm going to throw it out to the world and people already know me as somebody who either talks a lot or talks at them or talks <laughs> under their head or over their head, or I'm just always talking apparently. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I wanted to see what other people's thoughts were and I was trying to figure out whether I was the one that was only seeing this pattern because as I look at this, my mind goes, okay, well, how did we get to a place where we saw famine as our biggest threat and now obesity has become the biggest threat of disease? Um, and to me, it says a couple things. And, and the places that I, I just to give people who are listening and I, I like a place to start um, are going to be to think about what this means in terms of our health practices. Right. Um, and our our difference of 
uh, threat from what famine is and what obesity is, um, what the social and uh, cognitive underpinnings of this are. So what the psychology almost um, of that is, uh, as well as what, how can we relate this to other things going on in the world? Um, and I think this is where the sports aspects, the, the, uh, the political aspects come in. And I don't mean politics like we're going to sit here and have a debate over Republican or Democrat or um, whether, you know, you support this right or, you know, you support this idea that that's not I didn't think the the same realm. Whether you love or hate guns, Trump, whatever, you're still safe. We're going to try to trigger as many people as possible (laughs) uh, without saying as much of of triggering words. But the reason is because we're actually going to try to get people to think about something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, versus have an emotional reaction. And and that's the kind of the step that I want to take because I will say some things that are a little bit more provocative because I want them to hit home. Um, so, and I'll, and I'll explain that when I do it. But Okay, wait, so, so let's hold off. Let's hold okay. right there for a second because I think that is, that's so telling in and of itself, right? So um, we we can blame all types of things for this, but isn't it so telling that you feel the need to qualify what you're about to say, or even like we just joked, right, right? About we just, I just said the word guns and Trump and even politics. Right. And, and people automatically freak out, right? There, there's like just this, there's this presupposition that is in their head and it just blows mm-hmm. people up and either sends people like all of a sudden they're either going to completely support what you're going to say next, right? Or they've just gone, they just shut the light switch off, right? Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. isn't that crazy? It's, it's extremely wild. And, and unfortunately, this is part of the mindset, as, as you were discussing in your intro, that has led to, I believe, some of the issues that we're seeing with obesity. Um, and, and the change in behavior of people, um, that has pushed us into a realm where that becomes a large player in, in our threat to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of to touch on that, like, so to give an explanation of what I saw was I saw that famine to me represents a lack of control, right? You, you have no food, you're struggling to find it. You're trying to find a way to control your own sustenance, the way you are able to survive in the world, because ultimately you have no fuel in the body. We talk about this in the gym, right? The, the bottom of your, your IRC pyramid is nutrition. If you don't have nutrition, you can't do anything else above that because you have no fuel in your system. Um, no, and then people I, starve themselves and still go to the gym. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, keep yeah. Going. <laughs> another, yeah, another topic <laughs> for another time. But, um, then on the other side where now we're seeing it be surpassed by obesity and I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, well you have a choice most of the time in obesity. And obviously you have your outliers, the medical conditions that cause metabolic problems. Um, but those are slim, right? right like, right. I mean, this is a field that you've studied in. Like mm-hmm. that's a, that's a slim field in the relative scheme of things. Yes. That, that has a genetic issue disorder, right. whatever that causes that. And the best right? way to explain things like that, that I've heard is that, um, so if, if you're making, if you're a pencil maker and you're making a pencil and one comes out without an eraser, it doesn't make it not a pencil. It's just a flaw. Like the, there's a flaw in the system. So that's what makes people unique are our flaws, right? But we're still categorically all people, yeah. right? So no matter what outliers there are, it doesn't make you not a person. Yeah. What it means is just there's an outlier in the system, which is totally fine. It makes, again, it makes us unique. But to touch on, on back to the obesity thing, for the majority of people, there is some choice that goes into that. And so I'm looking at this. Uh, and, and to me, I see on one hand, the, the struggle and for survival and the choice to control your life on the opposite side of it, I see it as an advocation of your responsibility to take care of your life. And it's interesting to me because this plays into, um, westernization of, of thought process. So, you know, uh, Western political processes, Western, um, thought process, Western medicine, all these other things that we have due to wealth and growth and all the things that have made positive change in society. Right. Yep. Uh, and then you look at 
other places where this isn't happening, but there's still a correlation with obesity claiming or claiming growing in these areas. So even sub-Saharan places, the same study by the Global Burden of Disease report showed that even in sub-Saharan places, it's not growing as high and it's not surpassing per se, uh, per se but it's still increasing in number. So there's still something going on here. And so for me, it leads me to ask, okay, what's causing these people to make these decisions? Um, and to me, it, it does. And, and this is where it ties into the mindset is that it's an abdication responsibility. We, we have passed the, bur the burden or the blame for something that we should be able to control onto somebody else. And, and saying that sounds outrageous. It sounds like I'm trying to blame other people for their, their plight. And that's not what I'm trying to do. But again, I want to be strong with the words I'm saying, because it's important that we understand that you actually have control over a lot of your decisions yep. and you can mediate a lot of your plight by the decisions you make. Um, and so when we choose not to act in our own best interest, you're making your plight worse. And, and my wanting to say, Hey, maybe looking at what you can control to, to aid your situation, um, is because I want to help, not because I want to sit here and ridicule, right? Yep. Like that it does nobody any good to sit here and say, well, um, your obesity issue is a problem. Ha ha. Like that doesn't do me any good. Right. My goal is, uh, I think the same as yours in, in the thought process of this podcast is to elevate people to a, a place of self-control. Yep. Um, and you know, uh, obviously this is something you speak on quite a bit. Um, and it's something that you actually helped me out with personally, because, uh, most people won't know my background story, but I've suffered a lot of things with my own self-confidence, self-control. And, and the one thing that's helped me a lot is being around people who sit there and say, well, you know, you, you do control that you can control that you are strong enough to do it. And you're not alone in the thinking that you can't, Yep, there is a stepping stone to get out of here. Um, yeah. Okay. So, 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 so think about that for a second. That's pretty interesting that you say that. And I, and I think that that is so profound for people. So we talk about, uh, or you said like giving permission, mm -hmm. right? And so I think that we have seen in society and this is in, um, business, this is in, like I, I was talking, um, I don't know, a couple episodes ago about failure. Mm -hmm. And so we're giving people permission to fail, which is good, except for the fact that, uh, when it, that's overdone, that, that becomes, it's okay to live in the state of failure and not to do anything about it. Right. It's almost like setting the bar too low. Yeah. And so then again, and I, and I don't want to just pick on obesity. I mean, mm -hmm. we can go all over the place right. here, but when, when we, when we give permission to people like I, I mean, you know me well, right? Like I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that we have been all, we have all been created equal mm -hmm infinite worth, infinite value by God, right? Like it is like we are on the most equal playing field, far more equal than we can ever perceive it in our own society. Right. And yet that, that, that doesn't change the fact that like I should be able to tell you that whatever state you're living in, it's not the right, it, it may not be the right state. Right. So I'm not giving you, um, I don't want to give you permission to, to die. I don't right. want to give you permission to fail. Like right. I want to give you permission to say, okay, you're fine where you're at, but now let's do something about it. Right. right? And, and you know, I, the big reason I'm getting back into school. So for most people don't know, cause we, I was introduced as a, as a, well, uh, physical therapy student. Right. And, and so most people don't realize I started in political, political theory and philosophy. And that's kind of what has brought me to the, the want to get into healthcare practice. And the reason for this is, is I look at an issue like this as well with the obesity and the famine idea. And I, um, I, I kind of ask myself, well, what have I seen in like healthcare practices and what have I recognized and why is there a disconnect there and why aren't they talking about this? Why aren't they talking about, I mean, sure, they talk about it in academic 
academic research journals, but who's reading those? Nobody's reading those. One, if you do get access to it, you don't understand the jargon that's in it <laughs> because they don't talk to people that are needing to read these. They talk to other academics. Right. Uh, I even struggle reading through them with my doctoral, prof- not my, he's a doctor, with him sitting next to me and trying to decipher what somebody else wrote. Yep. Because you use different terms and things are antiquated or things are overly academic and it's super dense and it's hard to to take the information out. But beyond that, then it gets reported in the news and they twist for the facts that are the most hyperbolic. Uh, anything that draws attention, anything that they feel can drive headlines, that's what they focus on. Yep. I mean, for instance, uh, there were there were other articles along with this that I picked out uh, because the headline stood out to me. I had to go in and verify the research um, before I actually wanted to talk about it. But it was something that like 58 percent of adults never do strength training. That was out of a Washington Post article. There was another one. Is that, that was, for real? Yeah. 58% of adults, of course, in our lifetime don't do strength conditioning. And that's not like we don't lift heavy things up. That's like they don't have a program to train. So for those people who don't know, the the um, new guidelines for physical activity just came out from the government. And uh, they're very similar to the ones that were released in 2018. Or I'm sorry. They were very similar to the ones that were released in 2008. Um, so 2018 was the last time or the most recent time they've updated it. Um, but typically it requires 150 hour, or 150 minutes of moderate to uh, moderate intensity aerobic training and then uh, or 75 minutes of high intensity aerobic training with two days of strength th- training a week. That's pretty, pretty easy. I mean, you figure if you're doing uh, what I got to do math in my head now really quickly. So that's the one thing I'm not good at is math. <laughs> um Anyway, I'm struggling to do it because I'm trying to keep these thoughts in my head without losing my place. But um, the the what they require for physical activity is very, very minimal yeah. in terms of uh, what they're asking. And, and not that it's minimal because it's not hard, but it's minimal because of the grand scheme of what exercise can be. Um, and so to say that 58% of adults don't meet two days a week of strength training over the course of their life is pretty interesting. There was another one uh, from the University of North Carolina Gillings uh, that said 12% of adults are uh, metabolically healthy. 12%. 12%. Uh, and then um, they're, they're, the increasing uh, metabolic conditions um, are uh, something else that's coming through the roof. Like we're seeing people who have, and you see this in obesity issues as well, um, but most people don't associate being able to exercise and utilizing your met- metabolic processes uh, as a way to curtailing what happens when you store, store excess uh, fat or any yep. other um, overeating problems are mitigated through exercise. Yep. Um, in fact, the, the one thing that's kind of blown my mind as I've gone through this process is that exercise can, can affect, and this is just an estimate in my head based on things that I've heard. This isn't an actual study. So just to clarify that, um, it, it, so it feels like 70% of healthcare problems could be mitigated through exercise. Oh, well, I mean, if you think about, so, I mean, it, you will know some of these statistics too, but you know, <clears throat> when we, when we look that statistically two in four Americans have at least one chronic disease yep. and one in four Americans have two or more chronic diseases. And yet chronic disease is the number one co- or the number one healthcare cost mm-hmm. in the United States. Right. And m- the majority of those chronic diseases are controllable and or curable Absolutely. without medication right right now sometimes medication needs to be used to suppress the issue to to get control of it right but eventually we can turn the corner you think of something like diabetes right mm-hmm. like now again sensitive to some people but like get out do exercise don't eat half the crap that you know mm-hmm. that you see all over the place make good choices right and and you no longer need to be a statistic in the in the system right and yet 
people just choose to do otherwise. 100%. And they say because, well, it's just, it's too expensive or because yeah, they create barriers for themselves. It's crazy, right? And it all comes back to like the garbage in your head. You mm -hmm. begin to believe the lies that you're telling yourself. Right. Absolutely. Um, and, and so uh, I'll, I'll throw a quote out there from uh, Jordan Peterson and his 12, 12 rules for life. Um, if you haven't read them, I know he's kind of this polar figure because he gets thrown into politics and the negative side of politics. He's nothing of like what you've heard. I recommend reading his book. It's, it's super insightful. It was for me. Um, but he says, don't, under, uh, don't underestimate the power of vision and direction. There are irresistible forces able to transform what might appear to be unconquerable obstacles in uh, transversible pathways and expanding opportunities. Strengthen the individual. Start with yourself. Take care of yourself and define who you are. Really uh, refine your personality. Choose your destination and articulate your being. And essentially what he's saying is that you control your direction. So if, you're, if your direction is to push toward further unhealthy habits, that's the direction you're going to go because yep. these forces and, and the people and the, uh, the influence that you surround yourself with are going to change and alter the direction for the better or for the worse. And what I was going to say with, with the uh, healthcare practices that, that I had been noticing is that a lot of doctors come in, they give you the medication, they send you home. But to me, I want the education going, how did I get here? Yes. Right? How? Why, how do I keep myself from coming to see you again? Because one, I can't afford it, right? And that's something that you're totally familiar with and, yep. and the, the unaffordability of the healthcare market. But the other part of it is, is I want to understand my own body. I want to, I want to, I want to be able to control the same thought process when we were fearing famine, right? That, that want for control and safety, I still have, yep. right? I'm not complacent in going, okay, I have food on my table. Now I need to go, how do I make sure I maintain this food? How do I make sure that I maintain my body? How do I make sure I maintain my mind so that I can be sustainable for the long term? And this may seem kind of antithetical to, to um, this idea of like a collective body of people and we're supposed to help people. But the underlying principles of being able to help the collective comes from an individual being strong enough that they don't need help. Yeah. So I can only do as much good as I am capable, but if I am incapable, there's nothing else I can do for yep, anybody. Absolutely. If, you know, if, if I was in a mindset where I didn't control my own, um, my own thought process, or I, I was afraid to speak my mind on whatever issue, I wouldn't be able to sit here with you and have this podcast because I'd be in my own world of self-doubt or my own, my own world of unhealthy thought processes that were maybe not affecting me toward obesity. And truth be told, I've suffered for some of these for a long time. Um, and, and people who know me personally can attest to that, but, I, I, th they would have changed the whole scale of my life Yep, uh, in the direction that I'm going now. Yeah. And I mean, again, you know, we're, we keep coming back to, you know, the, the root of the question that you posed and, you know, triggered, you know, us having this conversation at least today. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I, I want people to hear how persistent this problem is right everywhere. I mean, it's just, it's such an issue. And, I, and again, you know, we talk about, and I said to you offline and, you know, it, it's just such in the head, you know, you think about like famine, right? So right. It, it's clear that you cannot go without food because you will die. Correct. Nobody will deny that, right? I mean, it, eh, somebody would probably deny <laughs> yeah, that yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. At this point, everybody will I mean, deny somebody something. Somebody just came out saying we didn't get to the moon. It was Steph Curry said we didn't get to the moon. So <laughs> people would deny everything. Flat earth. Right. There's all kinds yeah. of things. Uh, and I, and I will offend those people. Right. Um, so, As we should. you know, so that, so we kind of get that, right. We understand the implication of going without food. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's kind of like, the, there's an extreme there right. and we've, we've all accepted it for the most part on the flip side of things. Nope. Very few people. Now I don't want to say no one, very few people are willing to accept that obesity is also an extreme, mm -hmm. right? Like there, there is not a lot of fear there. And I think part of it is the glorification of like 
you are who you are. Right. And so, and so just, and so live that way. Like I coach people. And again, this like, this has nothing to do with that side of things. I coach people all the time. And so much of what I end up working on with people early on is breaking their own self-belief. Mm-hmm. They've been told for so long that like the, the, the lack of self-awareness is unbelievable. And it's the fault of them and everybody around them that forever. So, you know what? You're a nice person. I really get along with you. I, you're not abrasive. And I talk to them and I, I hear the way that they talk to other people. I'm like, you are never going to go anywhere in life until you fix this issue. But right. no one's been willing to tell them that they have an issue. It's like mm-hmm. there's this, just this fear. Right. It's crazy. To right. Me. And and so another thing, and again, touching on Jordan Peterson, is he, he basically calls life a burden, not a burden in the sense that like uh, you've been you've been punished with this, but in the sense that life is a burden because you have to be responsible. Yep. Right. You you are. The responsibility you get to bear is is a burden, but that responsibility is what makes you you, right? That your willingness to sit there and say, I know this is best for me. It's not my want, right? Is different than I want, I want, and want leads to destroy. Um, I mean, power, if we look at power and we'll start to, I I can take us into a direction with politics here. Power is very destructive. Power is always destructive. In fact, that's its only cause is to destruct. Yeah. Because at its end, at its most extreme, it is destruction. Um, Now, power needs to be curtailed and the only the only creature really that's been able to curtail power throughout its its course of history has been people and that that kind of separates us because we're able to have an emotional connection to something beyond that thirst for dominance yep. of other people yep. it's not to say it doesn't exist because it's very very prevalent and there are a lot of people who are unable to curtail that power um but when we look at uh like touching back on that that obesity like we we look at this as as um uh, a lack of ability to see the end zone, right? So famine, we know what the end goal is because we've seen people die from famine for yep. hundreds of thousands of years. Yep. With obesity, we can't because people just look like they're dying of natural causes because you could live a long life in, in an obese state or an unhealthy state. It doesn't have to be obesity. It could be any other uh, other health issues of just sedentary behavior um, or, well, again, or because, negative mindsets. Because obesity, it's, we're not talking about necessarily... The, the, the 500 pound person, right. right? I mean, somebody could be obese and be 150 pounds, 100%. right? 100%. Um, and, and so to me, it's, it's, um, people like to see, and, and this is from, uh, uh, economist Henry Hazlitt, and he talks about, um, free market principles and things like this and things that I, that I ascribe very, very dearly to myself, but I'm such a, a libertarian, right? I know <laughs> people are like, what's a librarian. Um, and he doesn't so, check books out. Yeah. Um, and so he, he talks about this concept and I look at, I look at economics actually like a natural law. I don't look at economics like, like trade. I don't look at like an, uh, like money. I don't look at it monetarily because every, every conversation, this conversation we're having right here is a transaction of goods. Yep. What do you have to offer me? What do I have to offer you? Is it enough to get us to the table, have this conversation, sit down for 40 minutes and then laugh and have a good time with it? Yep. Or do I have something better to spend my time on? Because time is the most valuable resource you have. Yep. So he talks about this theory that people don't see past their nose, right? So the consequence of famine is at your nose. You know, you can see, you watch people, You the consequences of looking at somebody who is um, burdened by famine is much more emotional or outpouring than is to watch somebody become overly obese. Because again, obesity doesn't have the same um, emotional response due to the way it looks to the eye, due to uh, the way that people are able to to function. Yep. Um, it may may limit physical function. It may limit some other things. But ultimately, like I said, you can live a, you can live a decently long life in in that state. Doesn't mean you're optimally functional, um, and it doesn't mean that you're going to get to the places where you are ultimately capable of getting. 
And that's the bigger problem here, right? It's not obviously like the kind of kick to the face part of this conversation is like, oh, okay, well, they're saying that this is bad and I'm not doing something. And now I'm kind of upset. But the bigger part of it is, is we're upset for you because we see potential in people. Yes. Right. The potential is masked by your inability to get past what you're seeing, yep. what you're thinking. Um, and so to go back to that thought process is people can't see behind their back, past their nose. Obesity is down the end zone. They can't yep. see the end zone. Yep. So they can't, they don't, they don't conceptualize what the end result is because it's not happening now. Yep. And this society, and this is where it touches society and kind of relates to that advocation of responsibility. We want results now, regardless of what the consequences yes. down the road. Right. So they want the they want the lose 30 pounds in 15 days method. It takes that long. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, it depends. It depends how big the tapeworm is. <laughs> um, but it, really, we have this this thought process of like that. I need it now. I need to have it now. And, and the Internet and technology and all these things exacerbate that. But those are those are uh, I'm, I'm going to touch gun control. Th- those are similar to a firearm. They don't do anything on their own. Right. You right. have to choice to use the tool as right. it as it it could be good or it could be bad. Right. How you use it determines its its value. Yep. Um, so if you're using it to self gratification uh, for self gratification all the time, and you're just hitting that that dopamine spike in your head and your brain's going, oh, I like this. I like this. Oh, another like. Oh, people like me. Oh, I get another like. Yes. But what is that really doing is you're misusing the most valuable tool on the face of the planet. It, I mean, people think about the nuclear bombs. They're worried about that. They don't even think about what's going on in AI right now. And that's an old subject we're not going to touch because that'll be another rabbit hole. But the internet and the, the ability to find information, the fact that you can teach yourself how to how to repair a washer machine through a YouTube video is incredibly empowering. It, it is. But people are watching cat videos and watching uh, watching grandmas get high. Okay. Like, <laughs> so, so, so I heard somebody say this the other day, and I think this is such a fantastic like thought. So information is accessible to us everywhere. I forget. I forget. I I don't know if it was like I told you, I was just listening to a book uh, called the subtle art of not giving an F. Uh Uh, I think it was out of there, but I'm not positive. I I actually, I think it was. And so like, you know, we, we have a problem. Mm -hmm. And so we want to know how to fix our problem. If the information is accessible to us everywhere. And guess what? We don't take action. Right. That is actually the biggest problem. Right. It's like we finally we we can we can do, solve just about every problem we have in this world. I'm 100 percent guilty of this. Yeah. I, and I would I would probably say you are, too. And that, that's another 100%. point I want people listening to this to understand is like Ryan and I are saying these things because we are just as guilty as everybody else in doing these things. It may be in a different facet of our life. But the reason we're now publicly, I would say, talking about this is to one, hold ourselves accountable. That's yep. the first and foremost thing about this is I want to hold myself accountable so that way. If I can affect people through my own accountability, I'm I'm a stronger individual. It helps me get out of that mindset even further. Absolutely. I mean, I I think about this in my own life all the time, right? Like, uh, so I am reasonably conscious of my health, and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that any artificial sweet is not good for me, mm-hmm. even if one bite, right? And yet, I make the choice. So I'm sacrificing okay. something else. Um, I don't I don't do it a lot, but like alcohol. Like one drink. That's what everybody is, who doesn't do alcohol a lot says. <laughs> Thanks. But, you know, one, one drink derails that. Um, when I, and, and, I, and I'm trying to be as conscious about this as possible, but like every time that I hit snooze in the morning, it destroys so many things. Yep. Most of all, to me, my commitment to get up every day on time and get, and get to it. In business, I want to grow my business. I want to make more money. Like that, that, that there's a lot that I can do if I can mm-hmm. earn more money. Guess what I did not do today? 
I didn't pick up the phone and call anybody to try and get another another deal, right? Like we're constantly sabotaging ourselves because we don't take action on right. it. And yet the thought process that rolls around even in my own head is like, how can I game the system? Right. I may not say right. that. Yeah, no, 100%. But it's like, is there any way? What's the easiest way to get there? Is there any other way? Like you hear this all the time in business. Uh, I live by referrals. Mm -hmm. That is the number one excuse for not picking up the freaking phone and trying to go find a sale, right? Like it's ju it just it is. It, it's just it's the way to be lazy and cut a corner. You've advocated your responsibility. Absolutely, obesity, mm -hmm. right? Like, or just let's just talk about poor health, right? Right. It's like you have every opportunity known to man. Like I, I tell like people this all the time. You want to lose twenty pounds? Well, last two thousand, you know, uh, January first of two thousand eighteen, you set a goal to lose twenty pounds in six weeks, right? Forget that. Do it over the course of a year. Because when January 1st, 2019 comes and you're back at the same weight or more right. than you were when you started, right. you're going to be so sick of yourself. And yet, if you would have just lost 1.2 pounds a month, right. you would have gotten to your goal. Right. And this is something I talk about with, with a lot of people uh, at, at the gym is that you don't want those quick fixes because the quick fixes quit turn into quick turnarounds. Yes. Right. So you, you get the quick fix and this goes with everything. This goes for politics. This goes for, for not seeing beyond your nose. If you can't see beyond your nose for what the, the good of the goal that you're going for is, you don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'll say it. You, you don't deserve to have the goal or you don't yeah. have to, you don't deserve to achieve the goal because you're not willing to put the work in that will sustain the goal. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, specifically with diet. So we see people all the time that, okay, oh, I, I lost 30 pounds in X amount of time. Okay. Well, how fast did you put it back on? And how much more did you put back yeah. on? Because you body went or your mind went, okay, I achieved this. Now I can relax. Yep. So it didn't well, become a mindset for you. It yeah. became, it became, uh, it became another, another stressor. It became another, um, a tool for you to game the system. Yeah, you 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 did not form the appropriate habits mm -hmm. to sustain that type of life. Right. You cut a corner, you learned some kind of tool or tactic or trick or something mm -hmm. to get you to where you thought you wanted to be, but you don't know how to sustain yourself. Right. Like mm -hmm. you can't live like that. Right. It's just not possible. And and now we're seeing this bleed into politics and this is where we will take that bigger jump. And we won't we won't talk yeah. left or right, but we'll talk just general general life life thought processes of what's happening here. We're looking at people who, um, and, and the American system is different than the European system. We're seeing a lot of crazy things going on in Europe right now with the tax revolt that's been going on. So we won't try to touch that because it's harder to explain European politics. But what's going on in the United States is we're seeing people advocate their responsibility. The initial setup of the American government was that the representatives go to represent you. What we're seeing today. To protect the people. Right, to protect you. You were supposed to protect your own self-interest. Again, we've abdicated that role. Right. Now, we protect the interest of whoever we're getting elected. Right. Right. How many people do you see on the internet, regardless of who they support? The moment you criticize that person, they're jumping in to defend. Like, oh it's their brother or gosh. sister. Right? Um, and it doesn't matter whether you're left or right. It happens on both sides. And there's an inability. Like, people are willing to sacrifice their own family members for a politician they have never met and isn't yep. going to do a damn thing for them. Right. Uh, and, and most of the actions that it, what's funny to me is like most of these fights happen on federal levels, right? We have, we have more conflict on federal elections than any other, uh, other fight at some States, a little more polar. Um, but people don't pay attention to their election to city council, which affects them much more than, yep. than other things. And again, they've advocated this control. It takes far more, you get far more influence by changing your city council member than you do trying to change who your senator is. Why? Because your senator doesn't know who the hell you are. Right. They right. don't, you know, that your vote may not have mattered to them because they won by 2 million votes. Right. Your, your council member needs every vote he gets because sometimes those elections are separated by 15 people. Yeah. Right. And you can go directly to your council member because they live in your neighborhood. Yeah. Right. 
And then that person can talk upstream for you. And that's the way it was supposed to work from the people to the top. Right. Um, and so what we, what's happened is, is especially in, in 2016, we saw that polar flip. We saw now the rep, we're, we're a part of the machine that is keeping us bound in the same cycle where yep. we continually are frustrated. We are continually lied to. We are continually allowed to believe that we have no control over what we're doing. Um, biggest thing, and, and you mentioned that I was a libertarian. The funniest thing for me is when people go, oh, they don't have a shot to win. It's like, okay, well, yeah, I understand that argument. One, because the libertarian party has its own issues. But what happens if you stop saying that? What right. happens if 100,000 people stop saying that somebody else doesn't have a chance other than the crap that we get all the time? Yep. Same thing touching back into the, the healthcare process. What happens the moment you sit there and say, well, no, I don't have to live this way. Or, you know, no, I don't, I don't have to sit here and be okay making $12 an hour. How do I raise my capital? How do I, right. how do I make myself more valuable to other people? Okay. So, so that, that's it to me. You, you said that. And, and this is, <clears throat> this is probably, um, I, I think that the biggest issue is we have abandoned any sense of self value, yep. right? We, we no longer value what we think or what we believe we value, whatever we have attached that to. Mm -hmm. So politics is a perfect example, right? Like, uh, I love this election because I voted for an independent guy. Mm -hmm. It didn't win. He had no shot to win. <laughs> I didn't care because what I valued was more important than 100%. winning or losing. But what I'm watching is, is, and both sides are at fault. Both sides are doing good. Like they're, they're it's all over the place. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but these wars, these wars break out, like literally people are being threatened yep. by death yep. and probably there has been death as a result of this somewhere, whether we know well, about I mean, it or we've not. Seen, we've seen uh, a guy try to shoot up one third of Congress <laughs> on a baseball field. We've seen uh, packages mailed uh, to, to different news networks and things of that act. And, and it happens on both sides. And you think about it, the likelihood of that having been triggered because of what that person really deeply valued as their own mm -hmm. is probably slim and none. Absolutely. Right. It's like, I, I so care and I'll just use it because like, he's just the one that's in office. I so care about protecting the fact that I voted for Donald Trump and mm -hmm. I want to win and I want to be known as a winner and him as a winner that I'm willing to attack anybody yep. that comes out and says anything wrong about him. Yep. And then the other side, right. It's, it, it goes the same way, right? Oh, yeah. The other side says like, Oh my gosh, like I hate everything you are and everything that you do. And it's because we have lost a sense of value. Like right. we don't even we don't even know what to value anymore. Right. And so we're just we're just attaching it to all these things. Right. And that that to me is the underlying pinning of of everything we're gonna talk about. And it's it to me, this is what I talk to. So um I'll, I'll just kind of touch on what I've been hinting at. So I dealt with depression and anxiety for for four years. Uh was on medication, did all this stuff, and finally through exercise and other ways, I took control of that and got myself out of that hole. Um and so I don't speak from about this kind of stuff lightly because it impacted my life as well. Uh, it wasn't obesity. It wasn't other things, but I was impacted by something that I chose to uh, myself figure out a way to take control back. Um, but it's this idea of having an ethos, right? Uh, and this is this is where we can get into the conversations of why religion is important and, and not even on, on what religion is correct. 
but on on the basis of having faith in something being important and why that's important. Um, so the mythos, right? So you have you have a mythos and you have the ethos. The mythos would be your religion or whatever creates your faith base and creates the foundation for the ethos. Some uh, some people don't need it or they claim not to need it, regardless of what you believe. I'm yeah. going to try to stay as a political here or a, a religious here as possible because that's a conversation that'll end to another rabbit hole. Um, but um, the idea being that most people don't know what their ethos is or we're being told that our ethos is subjective. Yes. Right. So when you have a goalpost that keeps moving, you yep. keep going, well, I've got to identify with something. So what do they do? Oh, I identify with my ability to say that this is what's holding me back from obtaining my ethos. Yep. Right. So with obesity, it's well, what's what's stopping me from being healthy? Well, like uh, it hurts to walk. Okay, well, how about we get up and walk five minutes a day? Or where is that ethos? Like, what's your yep. goal with this? Um, or it, your ethos with um, with what values, what personal, interpersonal values do you hold that allow you to have relationships with people? Yep. What do you believe is morally true? And if you believe that morals is subjective, there there is no purpose. You, you Your purpose is your ethos. If you're not able to identify who you are and what you stand for on its face, yep then then you don't you don't exist you you've become um to to play off of something that's been going through through popular culture it's you become a non-playing character right right, right so in a video right. game you become a non-playing you're a character that just has a role that's all you do you don't do anything but that role you don't act on your own you have no self-thought you have no you essentially exist to exist yep and that's not like for me that's not okay because there's so many people out there that have so many great ideas and they have so much potential and it's like i feel like if you could just understand and believe in who you, th who I think you could be yes. or who, who other people think you could be, yep. it could, it, you, you step beyond this. But the problem is that we have no mythos, even if it's not religion, you have nothing to create your ethos from either because yep. there's no nothing to believe in. Right. 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 Like, people, people just assume that their, their existence and their complacency is okay. Um, and that, uh, they have no responsibility to to become a moral or ethic actor. Yeah, yeah, um, and well, that affects everything downstream and upstream. Well, and you know, I I, I don't you know walk a gray line here, right? right. I, like I I I have a, a pretty stern belief, uh, but <clears throat> I, I'm okay with anybody that would say like I don't I don't have faith or I don't believe mm -hmm. in God. Like you know I do, right? Very clear. One who that is like. But when I, even when I work with people again, so like I coach people, people know, like I, I can't get away from it. I'm also right. a pastor. So it's just, it's, <laughs> it's just kind of there. Right. And they know what they're getting themselves into. Right. But one of the things that I have to make sure people understand is, is you have been created mm -hmm. for something great. Absolutely. And that is not to be the president of the United States or to run Apple or to change the world. But for whatever it is, you have been created. Like there was purpose to your life. Right. And like you said, if there's nothing to attach that to, if I just came from nothing mm -hmm. and I'm going to go to nothing, mm -hmm. then I can attach myself and my right. value to whatever is in the moment, right? right? To my money or to my relationship or to my political party or whatever. Absolutely. Which we end up chasing all over the place. And that that's how we that's how we end up just being so inconsistent in all of life, right? Yeah. Like I, I I believe everybody is valuable and equal in life, and yet I don't protect all of life. Right. Right. Uh, and so you have to have some root and ground. Mm -hmm. And 
I, I try to fight to convince people of what I believe, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that right. in order for us to still come to the common ground that it's got to be something. You're so right. And and I think I think the good way to think about this, too, is so we, we talk about, OK, so I have my ethos. You have your ethos. I would argue ours are pretty similar. Yeah. Um, and, and to be clear, I also don't walk a very gray line. I, I have come to to have hold firm faith. The reason I, I set it up that way and to, to keep it as open ended is because. I want people to hear what I'm saying. Yes. So, so in order to turn less people off, I will, I will capitulate my words a little bit. Yeah. Um, because I, I am sensitive to the fact that not the fact that you may disagree, but what I'm sensitive to is I don't want to turn you away from me. Right. Right. And so right. I think this is this is the role of a pastor, right? Your job isn't to sit there and say, this is what you have to do and this is why you have to do it. And if you don't do it, here are the consequences. I think that would be an, the antithesis to what you would represent. You've never heard me preach. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but my point being yeah. is like your job is to tell a story, tell how it impacts your life, and then let people go, well, why does he have something I don't? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that brings them to you, but not to you specifically, but to the the ethos that you've created. Yep. So yep. for me, the way that I look at it is, is like, I, I don't care what you believe. Just show me that you can believe in something. Yep. Yeah. And then we can start there. Yep. And then we can say, oh, okay, well, what do we have in common? The biggest example of this, there was a there was a poll that came out and it said the polar fringes of the American society, I don't remember the exact percentage, but it was somewhere around 10 or or single digit percentage of the people that actually believe in this crazy nonsense of either hyper progressive, uh, well, I would call it regressive uh, left. And then you have the polar right where you're where you're seeing people call fascist Nazis and yep. all these other things. Most of the population doesn't agree with that. That's just a very, those are very, very loud major, uh, minorities, yes. right? The majority of us all all agree on certain values. The differences are where we place these values. And yep. and um, uh, Jordan Peterson, Ben Shapiro, and Dave Rubin on uh, the Rubin Report talked about this specifically and that um, th- their values are all the same. It's just a matter of where you place those values. But if we can sit here and say, hey, our ethos essentially 90% the same. Why are we fighting each other? Like 99% of what we believe is totally different. Yep. Um, and, and so as we're looking at how mind, how this affects mindset, right? The, to have no ethos doesn't allow you to have a positive mindset because you have there's not, like you were saying, there's nothing to achieve to, right? There's no right. goal. There's no, there's no betterment. Um, and I would, I would agree with you that your everybody's life has purpose, but your purpose is also your responsibility. And let's just totally. go back to that burden that we talked about. You, you are responsible, uh, to live a good life. And again, people are going to be like, Oh, he's like a Jordan Peterson fanboy, but sure. Like whatever he, I, I think he happens to be very, very truthful. Um, but he talks about the fact that you, your responsibility on life is to carry as big of a burden as you can. Yep. Yep. And not again, because it's a punishment, Yep. but because you have the responsibility to be the most moral actor, to be the most responsible actor, to be the most kind, the most respective, um, the most open thought individual that you can be for the good of everybody around you. Yep. And not because it makes you better, but because it makes everybody else better. Because then you open that door to a similar ethos. Yep. Right. You open the door to a similar ethos. And and if we can get people, I think a lot of a lot of confusion with conversations, especially politics and things like that, we don't play on similar playing fields because there's no ethos. Yeah. That's that, that thing. We're yep. playing two different board games. Well, or you know what's a shame is I would actually challenge that in a lot in, in many circles. Mm-hmm. Like I, I sit down with um, family. I'm not going to call them out here, but like I sit down with family. And at the end of the day, we want the same thing. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is we get so caught up in what we've attached ourselves to right. that we are not able to properly articulate what, where we're trying to go. And so we then just demonize each other as like we're enemies. Right. 
And, and that's crazy because we want the same thing. I mean, you look at like, again, not the outliers, right. but if you look in the political realm and you are much more educated in this area than I am, I would venture to say that the majority of the Democrats and the majority of the Republicans mm-hmm. want the best possible yep. United States of America that could exist. 100%. They want people to be without, uh, they don't want people to be without, right? We want mm-hmm. everybody to be cared for, sheltered, fed, provided for. We don't want anybody to be taking advantage of the system. Mm-hmm. We want everybody to be fairly taxed. We want everybody to be responsible. We want to let in as many people into this country as we can, but we also want to have a good process to do that. Mm-hmm. We all want the same goal. And the problem is, is because even them, they've attached themselves to right. this title. Rides. Oh my gosh, nothing gets done anymore. Right. right? It's just, it's right. crazy. Right. And, and you know, the, the uh, contrarian or the libertarian in me goes, well, I don't really want anything done anyway, because they don't do anything well. Um, <laughs> thanks, DMV. Uh, but yeah, I, I would agree. I think, I th- and again, it, it's because the United States is, is inherently different in that we had, we had at our founding an ethos. Yep. And, an idea. And and this ethos is what created our culture. Yes, we are multicultural. Yes, we are built on immigration. Yes, we are built on all these things. But our ethos is what makes us us. Yeah. America is not a country. America is an idea. It is it is a concept. It is it is the thought that your rights are not beholden to the government. So your government cannot strip you of those rights. Right. Right. It, we're the only founding document that has a way to supplant the government in its founding document, yeah, right, uh, and 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 not I'm, again. I'm not advocate like I'm, I'm not advocating for something like that to happen. That's not. I don't want that to be misconstrued. Yeah. But my point being is that ethos, that that individual empowerment that our government in, inherently has, is that ethos for American culture, and that is why America has been so different than most other other nations. Um, and and you know it it has helped happened in, in other places in minimal uh, minimal effect. Um, but it's always been supplanted by by power control or negative thought. I mean, if you look at how people are manipulated, the number one manipulator of people is fear. Yep. If you can scare 100 people, 100 people are going to do something because they don't want to be fearful of it. It's it's what drove people from famine. And that's that's actually now a thought that's coming into my head as I'm saying this is that maybe our fear wasn't control when we were fearing famine. Our fear was don't die. How do I how is the fastest way not to die? Yeah, well, I'm going to overeat. Yeah. And that, that could be a, a consequence where there are, although I think that uh, it's more of a first world problem and that we've gotten so comfortable, uh, we've gotten so complacent because of our comfortability and our wealth yeah. that we're just, I mean, it's, it's like feeding the pig too much. Like you just, yeah, maybe that's the wrong analogy. Somebody's going to call us a pig. Yeah. Uh, but, no, but, but I think it's because too, like, even when you say that, the, the why that triggers people or could trigger people mm-hmm. is because again, famine, when we say you have not eaten you're going to die. Right. We're not telling somebody you're too skinny. You look ugly. Right. Don't, don't die. Right. right? We're going, please don't, yeah, please, please don't, don't die. Do this to yourself. Eat your food. Right. On the flip side, society for the most part has turned that concept of obesity into, you can't shame people for the way they look. Right. And I, and I'm saying, and I know you're saying that's not our point. No. Like if you like, we see this in CrossFit, which I love, right. Yeah, Especially absolutely. women more than anything. There are women that are built much larger Mm -hmm. than other women out there that are super healthy, that are dialed in on their nutrition. And, and so we know that like different body types can exist and people can like, some people can be shredded. Other people can show almost no muscle. That's not the point. Then the point is not like you look overweight or so you look ugly or you look different. It's your body inside Mm -hmm. as the result of carrying too much fat is dying. Correct. Right. Like you're breaking down your joints and your, your 
liver your and your kidneys yeah. and your heart can no longer sustain itself. So I don't care how you look. And we need to find a way to separate those two things right. too, and, right? And that that conversation is 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 something that needs to be talked about whole scale too. And um, it's hard because it is, like you said, it is there. It's a lightning rod, right? You you say something to people and they take it a certain way and then they shut down. And again, that's why it sounds like sometimes I kind of caveat my words or, um, but I, I really want people to be receptive and hearing what what we're saying because I think it's super important and not not in an egotistical like, oh, we're so cool. Like, no. We have all these cool things to say. Really, I think I'm such a normal person that I think it relates to a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. Um, and that's what it is. And and so like the the hard part about that is when we have when we have people who are constantly looking for that obstacle that they can blame. And that's what it is. I would I would argue it's that everybody is they are self-protecting. They are okay, this is what I've achieved. I don't really feel good about it. So how do I do this? So it's not my fault. How do I, my, my mom, God love her. Uh, she, she won't listen to the podcast. She, I don't yeah, she probably won't. Uh, I'll tell her to, she won't. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's okay. My wife, does, my wife's never listened to a whole episode either. And I'm like, oh, I'll tell her to listen to this one. <laughs> uh, and so like uh, the, the, the one thing I tell her all the time and it's with fitness is like, she's like, well, why don't you train me? I said, because I need, I need to see on your end, the responsibility to show that this is what you want to do. Yeah. Like, it's not my responsibility to motivate you to do this. I love you enough that I'm going to, I'm going to give you the tools, but I need you to step in my direction yes. also. Yes. Um, and she always gets upset with me and goes, well, you know, like, do you not care that like I'm unhealthy? I was like, I do, but I feel like you don't care. Yeah. You're yeah. Unhealthy. I can't motivate you. You need Correct. to motivate yourself. You, you exactly. And, and me holding your hand only helps you so far as you learn to walk. Yep. If you don't learn to walk, yep. I'm just holding your hand. And good Lord, you go like, look at a baby, right? You don't teach a baby how to crawl. Right. You don't teach a baby how to walk. It just does it. They do. Yeah. Right. They, I mean, it's great bringing babies in to teach people how to squat though. That's what <laughs> they got. Good depth. Right. They got great depth. They got good uh, depth. But no, you're exactly right. You, you don't, you, we handhold too much yep. and that creates the ability to say, and I, I, I'm floating on using a word and it's, it's people grab onto victimhood. They grab yeah. onto, and, yeah. and again, a lot of these words sound like they have a negative connotation. I'm using it by its most most basic look it up in a dictionary phraseology. Yeah. Like I don't I don't mean to deliver value to the words I'm saying. The yep. Same same with even when we use the word fault. Fault is just the cause of something that happened. Yep. Right? It's not negative or positive. The result of it could be negative or positive, but fault itself is not negative or positive. And the same way with what we're discussing here is that this is platonic. I'm not talking about adding values to things. What I'm saying is that you have to decide what you value. And then the fault of that is your result, yeah. right? So, um, if if you choose to not want to step in the direction of fitness, then somebody else not wanting to bring the results to you, it's not their fault. You're not healthy, right? 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 It's it's your fault for not coming to them. If they've offered you the help, yeah, I would be running, right? Walking. I would if I had to crawl, I'd learn to crawl to get there, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, you only get one time on this earth. You value life, right? And and, and ultimately, that's what it comes down to too. Is that you, I value my life enough, and I value the responsibility I was giving through life that I'm going to try to preserve my own and others as best as I possibly can. Yep. Yep. Okay, so we're gonna wrap or get, uh, start to wrap here. But so you know, as we've talked all all over the place, I, I think with <laughs> a, actually with a pretty good common thread that I think applies to so many people in so many ways. Even though I'm afraid. It, 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 that people are going to hear us talking about just, you know, people that are going to die from not eating right. and people that are overweight. <laughs> There's just so much there. So my, my final question to you, um, I think, mm -hmm. um, 
even though I already am thinking that we're going to have this, we're going to have another conversation uh, at some point. But so why do you care so much about the things that you care about? Like what, what, what is it like, was that, do do you attach that all the way back to like from early on, I was taught, uh, I was taught something and, you know, I've attached it. I know that like spiritually, you know, you, you have had a journey. You talked about the fact that you struggled Mm -hmm. with depression. And so there, there's some, um, some growth that happens there. So where do you really start to attach for yourself and your life? The sense of like the things that I'm going to get involved with, I care about. Right. Um, so broad, broad spectrum of this. What I always try to tell people is I, I always want to be able to connect what I do to who I am. Um, and I think that's, that's ultimately the crux of your question. Um, I want to be able to draw a tangential line from the sports that I play and the way that I play that to who I am as a person. I want to do that for my politics. I want to do that for my, my philosophical, my philosophical beliefs, my religion, all these things, because that is the basis of where those things come from. I act from within and I express who I am through my actions. I don't let my actions express who I am. Mm. Um, and so this started with, um, obviously at home, like I, I, my parents were a big influence. Um, I have a sister who, who's disabled and she's a big influence, uh, in terms of being able to find happiness in what sometimes isn't happy because she can still laugh and she can still enjoy things regardless of her, her disability. Um, and so I, it really just kind of stirred my brain. And I've always been somebody who's very, very, uh, I tried to be extremely self-reflective. I was better at it. I'm better at it now than I was when I was younger, obviously. Yeah. Um, but really what it comes down to is, is that value of my ethos. And my ethos is that I believe that I'm here for a purpose as a, as our, as, as are, as is, as are everybody else. I don't know. As is everybody I mean, else. As is I everybody think. else. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Is that yeah. plural? Is that singular? Who yeah. knows? Anyway, I, I believe that everybody has value. I believe that it's an inherent value. I believe that that value is a responsibility. Um, and I believe that because of that responsibility, I owe it to not myself, but to everybody around me to be as best of a person as I can, as ethical as a person as I can. And that doesn't mean that I have my flaws because I definitely do. Yeah, um, you make me do burpees. Yeah, well, yeah, that's your flaw. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but, but in order to, to, to be of service to people, I have to be a competent human being and not just competent. I have to bring value to people, mm. but that value that I can bring to people is what fulfills me, right? The, the, the ability to sit here and have, you want me to be on your podcast that you put your hard work, blood, sweat, and tears into is valuable to me yeah. because you found something valuable in me that, that wanted me here when people are willing to have a political discussion and even if they're on the opposite side of the aisle with me and we can have an open, honest debate and then we can go have a beer or we can, I don't drink beer. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> and then we can go have <laughs> right. a drink or go, go talk or do whatever and be friends afterward. I know you inherently value who I am more than what I say mm-hmm. or what I believe. Uh, and, and I think we're not just, um, with myself, but I try to find that little bit of humanity in every person to remember that a life is a life is a life. Mm-hmm. And, that life deserves to be fulfilled. That life deserves to be open. That life deserves to be explored, but it also is required to be responsible yeah. for every action that it partakes in. Yeah. And whether that's a good action or a bad action, I'm responsible. So I'm going to choose what actions I control, what actions I put forth and what defines me, yep. not let the actions that I do become the defining moment of who I am. Yeah, that was good. That, that was, that was really good. No, I appreciate that. And you know, as I, um, work with people, um, as, as much as I would love to continue to just, you know, serve 
thousands of people and just have people knocking at my door to do business. I'm not there, uh, but still I'm pretty selective with who I work with because as much as I want to help everybody achieve the goals that I believe they deserve to mm-hmm. achieve, right? Like if they're setting the right goals, right. Um, I just can't. And not because I'm not able-bodied in the sense of like, I spread myself too thin, but right. I can't help you if you don't want to help yourself, 100%. right? And there's some sense that we can break that mold, um, but it just takes so much. Um, and I, I tell people all the time, this is why I think motivation sucks. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the sense that, you know, that we see motivation. So I love that you say that. And, and I mean, I, I, I don't want to say I've, I've figured you out, but but I've learned over the last year or so in watching kind of how you are and how you operate. As you say those things about yourself, it makes so much sense about how much you care about the things that you you mm-hmm. do. And that doesn't mean it's always going to produce good, right? No, like not at all. You're going to piss people <laughs> off, and all you're going to yeah, and you're going to do the wrong thing, and and that's okay too. Like right. I think that's a whole that's a huge part of it. It's like as long as you continue to be committed to doing the very best you can right. with what you feel you've been called to do, you value and and obviously having the right values, mm-hmm. you just can't go wrong, right? right? Like because then you do that for me, and even in your flaws. I'm I'm happy to forgive you, right. to step through that, to overlook it. Like it's so easy to do that. And I wish more people would would behave that way, whether it's in the gym or in business right. or geez, just in life. I mean, there's just so many areas that it affects so poorly, you know? I agree. I agree. And and the other side of that coin too is those flaws are what make people unique, and that uniqueness is what makes us people. Um and I always tell people too, and I, I think this is a nice way to wrap it up, is that if we were all the same, life isn't worth living. If we were all the same in a good way, life isn't worth living. If yeah. we were all the same in a bad way, life, is, life isn't worth living because there's no change. There's nothing to see. There's nothing to learn. And uh, the, the process of trying to hold yourself to your ethos uh, is where we learn the most about ourselves, about life, and about everything that is around us. And I, I hope that through the chaotic flow of our mindset here, the way that our brains were functioning in this conversation, people are able to take that away more than anything else. Yep. Yep. Zig Ziglar tightens that up so well. He says, if you help enough people get what they want, you will get what you want. Absolutely. And I just think that 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 plays into so many areas of life. All right, buddy. Well, we're going to do this again because (laughs) I think that there's just so much more that we can dig into and um, uh, have a lot of fun with. But more than anything, really bring to surface a lot of things Mm -hmm. that I think people want to talk about and and don't get a chance to. So thank you. I just I appreciate you so much. Super appreciative of you uh, again, giving me the time. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Excellence Mindset Podcast. As always, I so appreciate you taking time to listen. Today is going to be an episode of a little bit more length than others. And if you've made it this far, you know (laughs) that. But uh, I just I appreciate that. And uh, as always, I hope that you can apply these things to your life so that you can continue to pursue the things that you have been called to and you can be as excellent as possible at those things. With that, thank you so much. Take care. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Excellence Mindset with Ryan James Miller. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And for more great content and to stay up to date, visit ryanjamesmiller.com. We'll catch you next time.